0: Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I am back and reunited with my co-host Alex. Both guys back at it again here to talk New York Giants football. Talk about the NFL Draft. And we have a very special part in this podcast. The second half, I would say, of the podcast, as long as everything goes well here. Uh, The second half will be Alex talking about the top 10 offensive tackles heading into the 2022 NFL draft um now one of them top 9 offensive tackles in the 2022 NFL draft because well one of them uh actually you know throwing Alex under the bus here um he is staying one more year at Washington i forget the guy's name it was his OT10 Maybe he'll go crazy with the audio editing and just go straight to OT nine, but we'll have to wait. And I
1: think, yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah,
0: well, we'll have to wait and see. To f- so, that way no no one was gonna know up until how am, How am I me, supposed so. to know that you're gonna edit out? Sometimes you edit out stuff, sometimes that's you true. don't. And I still don't know if you'll edit it out, so we'll have to wait and see. I that <laughs> that'll be the uh, the part that you'll have to wait about. But anyway. Uh, You know, here on the Giant Take Podcast, I know we record episodes pretty frequently, so almost 10 days since our last episode. But again, we are back. Alex is back. Alex, as you already chimed in already, but how has your little break been? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I guess for a little context
1: for people, we are juniors, so this is kind of a stressful time for us. We have uh, our SATs coming up in a few days, so that's been occupying us um, Josh is away for a bit. So we, we've had some things going on, uh, hence why there probably might, obviously it's also a bit of a dead time period right now. This is kind of after like the coaching staff has already been put in place and then up until the combine, which starts next week. Um, it's kind of a bit of a dead period, but certainly, you know, excited to excited to talk more football this offseason. obviously things slow down as the season ends. Uh, but this draft, you know, this draft's going to be real important for the giants, this free agency, how we're going to Um, you know, who we're going to decide to keep and not keep, which we'll talk about uh, later in the episode. You know, all these things are extremely important. So I'm excited to talk about it and uh, start moving this team in the right direction, even though I feel like we've been trying to say that for the past, uh, what has it been, 10 years?
0: (laughs) Alex, uh, I mean, obviously you mean junior in high school, juniors in high school for both of us. You just said juniors. For you to think that we're juniors in college, then uh, I think, yeah, there's no way we're mature enough for that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I've had a few comments
1: that <laughs> in, in Talking Blues, our Chelsea FC podcast, that have, uh, I think, made it pretty obvious. So we're not going to talk about that. If you want to enjoy, just go on to our Twitter mentions on the Talking Blues podcast.
0: <laughs> so, so. That, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think that signifies where you are in college, but um, I, I don't
1: Well, I, I think it, at least in my development.
0: <laughs> Even though I thoroughly disagree. Any, so, anyway, you know. anyway. um. <laughs> What, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The other thing that you were mentioning about how I guess if there is a point in school that we're having the most amount of work, it is good to be now. And hopefully not in April during the draft, which I'm sure it will be the case because, you know, it'll be the luck of the draw for us. We'll get all our work again assigned during that point. Uh, but hopefully everything should be OK. Uh, episodes should be coming out more frequently. You know, Alex is taking his SAT soon and then I will be taking mine. Stressful times here, and not just for us, but for the New York Giants as well. They got some guys. They got some, some, uh, some scouting to do, some guys to look at, especially in this NFL combine now coming within the next few days. It's exciting stuff. But first, Alex is gonna get you a little bit, uh, you know, under or like into the news, and he's gonna, I, I don't know what I was gonna go for there. He's gonna talk a little bit about some new hires the Giants have made.
1: The Giants have added former Pro Bowl uh, linebacker Brian Cox as their assistant defensive line coach and Kevin Wilkins as a defensive assistant. They also hired Angela Baker as a minority fellow offensive uh, quality control coach. Baker previously spent time with the Browns as a part of the Bill Walsh diversity coach fellowship and becomes the second woman hired uh, to the coaching staff by Brian Dable per Field Yates. Giants are also promoting Cade Knox, an analytics intern, into a game management role, uh, per Seth Walder. Uh, so more of not, you know, what, where's the computer, folks? Like, you know, this is we're starting to move on a bit here. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our news here. And the uh, coaching staff is pretty much filled now going into the combine. We don't really have the specifics on who's going to be there. I'm assuming Joe Shane's going to be there. I'm assuming Brian Dable's going to be there, but we don't know quite yet. Uh, it begins in four days. You know it, it's exciting, Josh. Who who are you looking forward to in this uh, in, in to watch at the combine? I'm going to throw my quick name out there before I talk about a couple other guys. But David Ajabo for me. I'm excited to see that guy. Uh, see what numbers he puts up.
0: I would I would say the guys we've already scouted. Like that's who I'm looking to do. We we talked about mainly like we're really high or or we're really knowing of the information when it comes to the top QBs, running backs and offensive tackles credit to ourselves, right? You know, pat on the back to us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we get that done. So, you know, giant take YouTube channel here on the podcast platforms. So honestly those guys, but I think also seeing the 40 yard dashes for the running backs is exciting for me. That's always my favorite part of the combine as I'm sure it is for many people. I want to say cave Thibodeau. Although, you know, we were talking about a pre-production, right, pre-recording, pre and you said, no, maybe he opts out. I was looking to see beforehand um, if he did opt out, and I'll just, like, check that again just to make sure that I'm not right or I'm not wrong. But I th- I think he should be participating if everything goes well.
1: I, I, I think he will. I know there was just some issues, like, with his uh, ankles or something like that that he's been dealing with recently. So that was the only reason people were possibly saying, but... I think he is gonna participate. And he is another athletic freak, so we'll see what he uh, right. puts up at the combine for sure. Another couple guys, speaking of come some of the guys we went over, uh, you'll see later in this video. I think Trevor Penning's gonna put up some nasty numbers uh on you know next week as well. Another player, uh Evan Neal. I think he's gonna put up some pretty insane numbers as well. So we're gonna to have to see what he does. Uh you know, stick around to see where I have him in my top O-line rankings. Ah, uh, but those are the guys I'm I'm really excited about focused on, um, and I think the receivers those the 40 yard dashes of the receivers are going to be interesting. Uh, we haven't really talked about them yet, but uh, Drake London, uh, you know, Dotson. I'm trying to think. There's so many, you know, Traylon Burks, like some of these big athletic wide receivers. You know, six three, six four, six five. I want to see how they run at the combine. I'm excited to see that. Um, and, and I'm kind of holding off on looking at the wide receivers really till the combine because I think for them the 40 yard dash is actually quite important. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were shocked, for example, uh, when when um, Justin Jefferson ran a 4.4. So uh, that w- that was pretty shocking for a lot of people as well. So that's certainly uh, something to take into account, I think, uh, as you look into
0: the wide receivers uh, at, at the combine and all that. Yeah, Alex, I mean, I I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see a bunch of guys, a bunch of prospects um, in Indianapolis, right? That's always where it happens now every year. Uh, I don't think the location changes. So exciting stuff, especially, you know, when we're looking into prospects for the NFL draft, just more stats to add to the list. And now it's like more official stuff like, you know, NFL draft 44.48 40 yard dash time. In the NFL combine, instead of like estimating or saying on this one day in 2020, they got this 40 yard time, you know, something like that. Uh, and then remember, I know er- a little bit earlier you were talking about, you know, maybe Joe Shane, maybe Brian Dable will be there. You don't know the exact coach. Remember, we have a new assistant GM, Brandon Brown, that we got from the Philadelphia Eagles. I would assume he would be accompanying Shane uh, in. Uh, you know, at the NFL combine in Indianapolis. So, uh, another guy to look out for there, maybe the first time we're seeing him really in the giants colors, if he does wear that, you know, New York giants blue, uh, you hope so you hope to see it. And yeah, I'm excited for that. I guess. Do you want to, I don't know how you want to kind of bounce around here. We can kind of go to the NFL mock draft tracker. Now I remember we did this last season, I believe a bit, uh, we kind of went through who different people, uh, professionals, in the game of reporters, sports reporters had in their mock drafts tracking them who they had as the you know for the Giants picking all the way up to draft time. So I'm going to do that now. I'll do the top five guys here from Giants.com, starting off with Todd McShay. And remember, we got two picks, and it's uh you know in two places, very high in the first round, in the top ten, the fifth pick and the seventh pick. So let's start out with Todd McShay. ESPN for pick number five. He has cave on cave uh, Thibodeau from Oregon, the defensive end. Well, we know about him uh, and then picks number seven, Charles cross the offensive tackle out of Mississippi state. I'm sure we'll touch on Thibodeau whenever we do our defensive end stuff, you know, our video or episode, whatever it will come out as. And then I don't know if we mentioned this already in the episode, we're planning what we're doing. I don't think we'll have one this week. We we might just you know wait and uh, you know wait until NFL combine stats start to get in there and then move on to our next position. I assume it'll be on the defensive side of things because you know that's really big on the Giants board whether it's defensive ends or linebackers, that'll probably be one of our next positions, I assume. Yeah, especially Mel Kiper. Especially
1: with the combine, you want to look for those defensive ends, especially the three cone time stuff like that. Uh, is certainly exciting to see, and we'll have to maybe adjust our rankings based off of that. So yeah, after the combine for sure.
0: Yeah, their quickness, I think their agility are tested there. Uh, how well they have balance wise, touching each cone, uh, and getting back up and moving to the next one. I think that's the one you're talking about right? the three cone drill. So yeah that you know i'm I'm, I'm obsessing over a uh, three con drill here. That's when you know it's time to move on to the next reporter. Mel Kuiper jr of ESPN, pick number five, Ekenakwanu the offensive tackle NC State. and then for pick number seven he is David Ajabu Ajabo, sorry all, uh, outside linebacker from Michigan. Third guy on this list here NFL.com uh, Daniel Jeremiah. His pick number five, Trayvon Walker, the edge from Georgia. And then his pick number seven, interesting here, Drake London, uh, the wide receiver from USC. This is like one of the first guys that I've already scouted. So I know a little bit about Drake London. Honestly, he wouldn't even be my number one receiver heading into this NFL draft. So I don't know why he would go at number seven unless he's climbing people's big boards. Daniel Jeremiah's big board. It looks to be like he's climbing there. On to the fourth guy here. Also, uh, also an NFL.com guy, Bucky Brooks. Pick number five. He is Charles Cross, the offensive tackle, of Mississippi State. Pick number seven, David Ajabu. Uh, as well. Is it Ajabo or Ajabu? I don't know. I don't even know. Ajabo. Edge, Michigan. Ajabo. Ajabo. Thank you. I'm going to need that because come draft time, going to be saying that name a lot. David I Ajabu. And then Dan, is that <laughs> what? what you've been hearing when you've been watching his... His videos?
1: No, no 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 what i'm saying is like when it, on draft you were talking about like on how draft night you know giants select david ajabo fifth overall and you say david ajabo has oh. just been selected it's not gonna look so good so yeah
0: <laughs> learn it now learn it early get some exactly. repetition in david ajabo yes Ajabo, yeah you got, yeah, you got it yeah i think so even ajabo. though i might be wrong so All who right. the hell knows fifth and final one here we're gonna go for right now and there's a bunch more on the list we can go throughout the week's Dan Brugler from The Athletic. Pick number five, he is Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. And then pick number seven, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. If you want, go on the Giant Take YouTube channel, check out a film review and also draft profile we did on the safety from Notre Dame. An absolute beast of a player. No matter what you think of safeties where they should be ranked, this guy could be a definitely top five, top three, even number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Um, you know, unless you really, really care about that stuff, which some NFL teams might, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Alex, let's go into these other few things. And then we got the, 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 one of the main big points of this podcast coming soon.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have a few minor things here. The Giants are signing Chris Myrick or Myrak, however you want to say it, to a future uh, contract. So we'll see uh, that he's, it looks like he's going to be with us next season. So I guess that's yay. Hooray. Um, he's had that one touchdown, then pretty much all he did. So, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of brings back bad memories, just bringing back like players from last season after how horrific last season was. Um, so, you know, that's not exactly great. French. We know the deal with future contracts though.
0: I mean, you know, that's all up in the air.
1: And obviously the franchise tag deadline is also coming up soon. March 8th. That will be, uh, I don't think the giants are going to franchise tag anyone. I mean, look at the free agents, Evan Ingram, like point oh 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 one percent Everyone else is 0% in my opinion. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. But certainly going to be interesting to see which other free agents, maybe non-giants, such as maybe Devontae Adams. Uh, who else is a free agent? Chris Godwin. Are those guys going to get... I only know the like receivers because that's what people talk about, of course. Um, uh, are those guys going to be franchise-tagged? And we'll see what happens there. Um, because there are some teams in our division... Maybe the Eagles that are very interested in a wide receiver uh, who could be interested in one in free agency as well, so uh, something to look out for. And um it be it, speaking of NFL free agency, it it uh begins in exactly a month from now, so it's uh it's exciting. Giants won't probably be making many moves, um, but we'll see what happens uh, as the time gets closer. And obviously, in order to make any moves, they have to clear up some cap. That was the best transition. Probably ever in the history of this podcast,
0: Alex. Just before we go to that, real quick, I I really suck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, remember, you ruined it. You ruined I, it. I did. I did. Remember, there's also some Buffalo Bills guys that you know could very well come to the Giants with all of this stuff happening. You see the rumors going around. Ooh, backup quarterback Mitchell Trubisky's out there. Ooh, backup wide receiver Sterling Shepard gets cut preview preview to the you know five players the Giants could cut um Isaiah McKenzie could we bring him in as a backup by receiver I know not as good as Alex is one uh and then even Emmanuel Sanders I believe is also a UFA not saying you want to bring in an older guy but just some, some options there Brian Dable we know he likes to bring in Buffalo coaches could he transition that a player and he has brought in Buffalo players too so it's all wide open we could see the uh the New York Bills uh you know building their staff a little bit more here uh with some players in free agency anyway now it is time for the five players to cut. Get excited because we're going to be going through this list ranked one through five, one being for us, the highest priority that we feel this guy get him out of here to five being like, if he's not cut, all right, we would like it. That's why we're only doing five. Cause it's like we, we were thinking before, maybe we do 10, but then it, it's hard when you get to 10 because you're, you're thinking, I mean, if we cut this guy, we're not really saving that much. Also, I kind of like him as a player. So we stuck it down to five. We're going to go there. Alex, I'm going to give you the hands. We're going to move five to one. Start off with number five.
1: Number five. uh, We did this list together. This is kind of a surprising one. Caden Smith uh, is who we have here. He saves $2.5 million in cap space. So that's something you do have to take into account when Joe Shane says, Hey, I want to make, I want to clear $40 million. He's not, he's not a Joe Shane guy. He hasn't really contributed much. He obviously has that nice connection with Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones here long term? There's just a lot of, you know, things with Caden Smith that you're looking at his rookie contract and you're like, $2.5 we could get him off the team. And, you know, that's a decent chunk of money uh, for a tight end that maybe we could draft one, maybe two tight ends in the draft at a lower rate, signed a, a U, uh, UDFA possibly something like that in this extremely deep tight end class in this draft so uh definitely someone that i think probably will get cut that some people are just not talking about the rest of these guys i think people are talking about this is kind of like our hidden sleeper one um but i think joe shane uh and and the gang i'm not gonna that sounds weird but whatever uh i think they may cut
0: caden smith the shane gang maybe a little bit better no no
1: okay shane train
0: we already knew that though. You're trying to come up with something original here, Alex. It's not really working. Uh, (laughs) You you talk about a deep tight end class. We don't really talk about tight ends classes being deep, right? It's always out like one guy, maybe first or second round. And when you mean by deep, it's not more like, oh yeah, it's all these first round talents. It's more once you get into that third, fourth, fifth round, I think there's going to be tight ends flying off the board. That's what I've been reading. That's what I've been listening to seeing. Um, so it's more, you know, later round guys that could be going and with cutting Caden Smith gives you some room to sign to a very cheap deal. Like you said, an undrafted free agent, or just pick one in later rounds, moving on to the number four player here ranked on our list, Devontae Booker, the backup running back, the first Giants free agent signing last season for who knows why. Uh, I guess very much liked by Dave Gettleman maybe and Joe judge when they were here, while they're not anymore, maybe you want to cut him. If we do decide to do so, that leaves $2.1 million in savings. And then you got a guy in Saquon Barkley, who his future is still up in the air. Although it seems like Shane and Dable are going to keep him around for at least one more season. So all the giants wanting us to cut Saquon or trade Saquon doesn't look like it's happening in the near future, but Booker, someone that we, uh, would like to see getting cut to give us some savings. Didn't really do much in the backfield. Did more than Saquon Barkley, but still like an average-ish running back in the NFL. Looking at all of these guys throughout the uh, 32 NFL teams, and that's our number four guy.
1: And number three, we got Riley Dixon. He saves you two and a half million in cap. We just signed Jamie Gillen or Gilling, uh, former Bill, former Brown uh similar type of punter both not exactly great but riley dixon saves you two and a half million dollars so i think riley dixon's out of here he's not been good for the past couple of seasons ever since the joe judge special team specialist has come in it seems as riley dixon has regressed massively uh and i think he's the next one who will be getting the boot
0: well i mean when we brought in the gillian guy or however you pronounce his name the first thing you said to me jamie gillen i think jamie gillen Gillen, when we brought in the gillen guy um, you were like, he sucks, by the way. Like, that's the first thing you said. I was like, oh, thanks. Real confidence in our punters. This is like a, we have it at number three because it's not our highest priority because it's just so obvious. Like, th- this shouldn't even be a question for Joe Shane, his front office. You're bringing in all these guys, you're hiring all these guys that are supposed to be progressive new minds. Well, the new minds should know that to save $2.5 million, all we have to do is cut our punters. Like, it's not that hard. And Riley Dixon hasn't shown you anything on the field besides bad punting, yards per attempt, things of that nature, yards per punt. Like, the stats show how bad he is. should be easy. Anyway, on to number two. We don't need to stick so long on Riley Dixon. Sterling Shepard was supposed to step in when Odell Beckham left years ago now. Has had injury troubles throughout his career, concussions, uh, leg injuries. It's been really bad. I, it's not fully Sterling Shepard's fault. I think the injuries play a key role in his unsuccessful uh, career as an NFL wide receiver. Cutting in for the Giants will save you four point five million dollars. I think you. I think you got to do it. Unfortunately, he, it's come to a time. It's sad, Alex, because we kind of grew up with this guy. Um, you know, being still in our teenage years, saying growing up for other listeners or watchers of of this might be like, what's how? But um, yeah, we are pretty young. So we were able to grow up with this guy. But number two on our list, Sterling Shepard.
1: Interesting thing with Sterling Shepard is you're actually taking on, I believe, about another seven, eight million dollars in dead cap uh, if you do cut Sterling Shepard. So it's one of those ones that it's kind of like Ugh, that's really a pain, but who even knows what's going to happen with his career at this point? Uh, I know he was close to retiring, uh, you know, a year or two ago. So Mm. who knows? Maybe uh, he may be doing that. Maybe he goes to another team. Who knows? Um, But I don't think he's going to stay. I think it is a possibility he takes a pay cut, though, Uh, because I think he is a kind of like a giant for lifer. Uh, He strikes me as that Uh, he may take a pay cut. But certainly uh, sad to see him go if he does get cut.
0: So it would end up being a minus four million dollars at the end of the day between the dead cap. Yeah, Yeah, it
1: would be. But then his dead cap, even if you cut him next year, like you might basically on how the cap works, if you cut him next year, you're not really saving any money like in the long run anyway. So you might as well just cut him this year. Um, I, I know like you might think like, Hey, next year, the cap hit won't be, it's pretty much the same cap hit actually. And our, year, so our cap it doesn't situ- really make
0: sense to not cut them. Sorry, Alex, our cap situation sucks this off season anyway. So it's like, we're not adding that much, adding another negative 4 million. It's kind of just, you know, putting stuff on top of already dead pile of money because that's what we got. Um, you know, Dave got again, wanted to make a splash before his run ended. He knew it was approaching. So he's like, you know what? Let me screw this franchise one more time before I get out of here. Did so. And now we're having to deal uh, with his leftover change. So there's that. And then you do number one because I did number two.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was about to say Riley Dixon. Our number one uh, player to cut who we think is just automatic, needs to get cut immediately. Kyle Rudolph. He saves you five million uh, against the cap. He only uh, has a two and a half million dollar dead cap hit, which is really not bad considering we just signed him last year. Josh doesn't agree with me necessarily. He thinks, I think he thinks Sterling Shepard is kind of that the guy who is at the top of the list for cut. I don't think so because of the dead cap hit, not because of any other reason really. Um, but I, I think there's there's a case to be made for any of these guys on the list, to be honest, that they are the top guys to cut. There's even cases for players that we didn't even name Blake Martinez, Logan Ryan, possibly, and definitely James Bradbury. But what I would say about those guys is I think you can get trade value for some of those guys. Uh, Maybe not Ryan because he had a really bad season, but Bradbury that that's kind of why we didn't include these guys on that list. Cause if, you know, if we were doing this, like, why would you want to cut James Bradbury when you could hopefully possibly get a third round pick, something like that for James Bradbury. uh, And that would be the hope. Obviously, if you let him go and cut him, you could get comp picks or whatever. But uh, you know that none of that's ever guaranteed that he's going to get a big money deal or whatever. So uh, we didn't include those players because of that. But Kyle Rudolph, he had that one explosive run, and that was literally it for his whole season. (laughs) And uh, I mean that—that's all we need to say. It was a bad Dave Gettleman signing, a red zone threat who really did nothing in the red zone. Um, And yeah, he just—he just needs to go. He's a nice guy. I feel bad. Uh, He really like. Came into the Giants community nicely, but uh, unfortunately, uh, the money issue with him is just too much to swallow. Again, unless he takes a pay cut, so if we see something like what Nate Solder did, uh, then we'll have to see what happens with that.
0: Yeah, and I, I just—it's just like we just signed him, and like you said, he's like the spoke. He was a spokesperson for the team this year. He had to answer all the tough questions. I remember on WFAN, like every other week or every week. Why does this team suck? And the guys, you know, yeah, he had to give like the, the, the background answer, the tucking. um, what is it? What's the the word for it? Uh, it's like a, to, uh, block and tackle. I think that's like the word for it. When you're kind of like dodging answers, you don't want to, you don't want to, so you block the question and you tackle it another way. So going five to one again, our five players to cut five to one, the least to most likely or the least to most that we want it to happen. Ken Smith at five. Devontae Booker at four, Riley Dixon at three, Sterling Shepard at two, and Kyle Rudolph at one. So, now moving on to our NFL picks, which should have happened uh, a a while ago. Uh, We know, okay. Well, we're going to run through it. It was a rough season anyway. We started off with doing the picks in week four. For some reason, forgot like weeks one through three that we did this last season. We have something to talk about. And then, again, uh, top Offensive tackles in the 2022 NFL Draft coming in a few. If you remember, Alex picked the Rams in the Super Bowl, so he won that. I picked the Bengals, lost that. Do you want me to read? I'm going to read the final score. Coming from my score, 123-82. and 82. Remember, I won last season by like a game, right, or two, something like that. It was super, super close. Alex wins this year. One thirty-four and seventy-one wins by eleven games—a clean win. There's nothing to debate here. I I checked the numbers, double-checked all the numbers. There was nothing taking you away from that victory, Alex. So I know you were very salty last year. I remember that very clearly. <laughs>
1: I think there was some fraud last year. I think there was some miscounting, maybe some some fraud in what the counting. I don't know. There, I think there was some secret things going on. Oh, in all seriousness, last year, I kind of got a bit complacent at the end, I think. Um, but, you know, you still won fair and square, maybe. Um, so we, we, we're, they're still doing a review. They're still doing an audit, Josh. But um, there's obviously no audit needed here because I won. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Next season, we'll hopefully start it from week one and <laughs> we won't forget. Um, yeah. And... You know what? It's fine. The Giants forgot how to play football for the first three weeks of the season, so we forgot how to podcast for the first three weeks of the season or how to do our podcast. So it's all fair. Really, we should have just stopped doing it like we could have. Well, that's not even a good joke because the Giants didn't know how to play football all season, so it didn't
0: really work. <laughs> you know, Alex, I was about to congratulate you, um, but after you then, once again, this is like the third or fourth time, last time was last season, criticized my way of doing things, my numbers. I'm taking that congratulations right back to me because I All won last right. we'll year. We'll say next no. year.
1: Next year will ne- be the tiebreaker. Next breaker, year will be so the tiebreaker.
0: Hopefully, it won't be the last year of the podcast, though. So, you know, hopefully we'll have many more <laughs> tiebreakers to come. You're saying it like it's the final countdown here. Uh, anyway, anyway. Well,
1: I'm saying like best of three, like in the NFL picks. I don't That's, know. I know. I, no, I get what countdown. you're saying. You're saying hopefully. it
0: like it's the end. Hopefully. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's uh let us get a few plugs in here first, uh you know before we go anywhere. You can go follow us on Twitter and TikTok at the Giant Take Pod on Instagram and Facebook at the Giant Take Podcast. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshOle29. And then you can subscribe to the YouTube channel The Giant Take there, the Giant Take Podcast, on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Else we're we on like iHeartRadio maybe Stitcher. That's another one. Ship studios.com slash giant take on there. You can find all the places where you can listen and, or watch the podcast. And I was going to say something else. There was like one other thing I was going to say before we send it to the offensive tackle, but I can't seem to remember. And it's like really annoying that it slipped my mind just then. It's unfortunate. Oh, we're on good pods too. There you go. Another
1: good one. pods,
0: good pods. So a- new
1: one, new, new, new location.
0: Oh, look at that. So I go check that. it out. Check us out on the new location. Super, super fun stuff there. Show some love. Before we send you to the offensive tackle, this isn't what, I, this isn't what it was, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, hope to have a pod next week talking NFL Combine, what's going on there, uh, and all of that good stuff. But yeah, for right now, again, thanks for listening. Episode's not over yet. Stay tuned. Top offensive tackles in the NFL 2022 draft starts now. Kellen Dyche. Uh, out of Arizona
1: State, a senior, six, seven, 300 pounds. Another guy who's a bit undersized, but he doesn't play like he's undersized. So that's something you do have to take into account as well. You know, in terms of his pros, he's got great power for someone who's undersized. Hence why I said you don't really notice that he's undersized. Uh, he's got good footwork and he's just got, he's very good in pass protection. Uh, he's got very solid technique when it comes to pass pro. Uh, and you see that throughout his tape at Arizona State. In terms of his cons, some of you know his length isn't exactly ideal for an offensive tackle uh and his run blocking he just doesn't really get out to the second level that quickly uh and he really just doesn't he sometimes he just misses blocks sometimes in the run game if we're being completely honest he just almost looks disinterested at some points um so that's something he definitely needs to clean up so in terms of my grades for him athleticism i gave him a 6 technique a 6 as well uh, and then pass blocking a 7 uh, and run blocking a four for a total of 5.8, making him an early third round prospect. So that's Kellen Dyche out of Arizona state. Next, uh, guy here. This is probably one of the first ones. Uh, if you're, you know, been following draft coverage a bit, uh, you know him, Max Mitchell. He was at the senior ball. He's my OT eight, um, six, 300 pounds. Again, a bit undersized, uh, Louisiana junior, um, in terms of Max Mitchell, I think people see him as a guy with decent technique, but not great athletic, uh, athleticism. I kind of see that, but I also don't see that. I feel like he, you know, he has the ability to get to the second level. He has decent length. I, I would say some of the tech, he does have some technical issues, whether it be the hands or, or footwork. Um, and that's something you do see. He he's not as I, I feel like the perception I always got when people talk about him is, Hey, he's, you know, he's a he's a bad athlete but he has good technique and that might make him a solid backup in the NFL. I don't really see that. I think he has, you know average technique but uh I think his athleticism is a bit underrated as well for a guy who's 6'6 300. Um so I gave him a 7 for athleticism, a 4 for technique, uh, a 5 in pass blocking and a 7 in run blocking and that totaled a 5.8 a late second round pick. And I think that's probably where a lot of people have him expected to go, uh, in this NFL draft. Next player, another senior bowl, uh, invitee and participant OT seven, Daniel Falele. This guy is a mountain. He is six, 380 pounds out of Minnesota. He's a senior. And when, when you look at that guy, you're like, damn athleticism, athleticism, athleticism. He, you know, he's good in the run game. He just bulldozes people. Um, and it's just really impressive. And to see how he moves at 6'9", 380 uh, is just crazy sometimes watching him on film. Um, you know, he's obviously, like I mentioned before, he bulldozes people in the run game. When you do look at some of his cons, it's he's a bit susceptible to inside moves when you're looking at pass rush or pass pro. And then he just has some general poor placement, hands, feet, Uh, when it comes to pass pro as well. So that's something he definitely needs to work on. Um, But his run blocking and his athleticism really carry his draft grade for me. Uh, And he has a lot, he has a ton of upside, maybe one of the most uh, high high upside players in this class. Uh, In terms of my grades, athleticism, I gave him an eight. Technique, I gave him a five. Pass blocking, I gave him a five. And run blocking, I gave him an eight. And that totaled out for me to be a 6.5 out of 10 early second round prospect for me, Daniel Filele, ton of upside, maybe not the best right now, but he's certainly one of those guys that you look back from this class, he could be top three uh, at the end of the day. So Daniel Filele, OT7. This is a name that I don't hear uh, a lot. And I think he's underrated uh, due to the fact he is undersized, but I I like him a lot. Nicholas Petit Frere, uh ot six for me out of ohio state he's a junior six five three fifteen maybe projects better as a guard in the nfl i'm not exactly sure i think he still projects as a tackle for me but i think he has flexibility for sure Um, uh, he played a, a ton of games for ohio state against obviously top competition ohio state plays and he always held up really well in all those games for my pros he's a great run blocker uh he always hits the gaps well uh, you know, I, I just feel like he moves to the second level extremely quickly. And I always find that very impressive. He's got pretty good footwork. He's got great length. Um, you know, in general, all the intangibles he has up at the top level, uh, some cons, sometimes his hands just aren't great in pass blocking. Um, despite his good length and his technique, uh, some definitely need some work in certain aspects, in certain areas, uh, for me, but, uh, Petit Frere, I believe is how you say it. Someone that a lot of people are not mentioning. I think he's, I don't think he's a top five tackle. Obviously I have him at OT six, but I think he's a solid tackle who kind of reminds me. I'm not, I didn't say, I said, I'm not going to do comps, but he reminds me of like a serviceable NFL swing tackle. Um, and he probably has more upside than that. So I know you're looking for a guy who could start, uh, in the second round, but I think he gives you a solid floor. Uh, And and maybe even some high upside as well. In terms of my grades for him, I gave him 8.5 for athleticism, 5 for technique, 5 for pass blocking, and 8 for run blocking, making him a 6.6 out of 10. Again, an early second rounder. He's my OT 6. All right, we're getting to the top five now. This is a very interesting guy. Uh, Obviously, a foreign exchange student, then coming, playing tight end. And now moving to offensive tackle. Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan Jr., 6'7, 305 pounds. He has great athletic traits. You know, he has good hand placement and technique um, in general, uh, in terms of hand technique. Some of his cons, he does have shorter arms, his length isn't great, and his footwork, like I mentioned, I emphasized hand placement technique and hand technique because his footwork is definitely a bit all over the place. Um, and also his age, he's 25 already. So that's something you have to take into account too when you're investing a high draft pick into one of these players. Um, but I think he gets to the second level. Well, he's an athletic freak for sure. Um, but, you know, there's definitely some risks. He, he's new to the game. So that that's something you have to take into account there uh, for Bernard Raymond, but certainly an exciting player uh, coming out of Central Michigan. Athleticism, I gave him an eight technique I gave him a 7 uh and pass blocking I gave him a 6 run blocking I gave him a 7 and that gave, gave him a average overall of a 7 out of 10 making him my first uh first round graded offensive tackle at late first round there Bernard Raymond OT5 and this is kind of where you're going to get uh to you're kind of getting to crunch time. Obviously, I think it's pretty obvious who OT Ford's going to be. And then obviously, everyone has their debate on the top three, and I'll share my thoughts on it in a second. But Trevor Penning, I mean, that guy was phenomenal at the senior ball. He was just bullying people six, seven, 320 pounds out of Northern Iowa, junior. He's a good pass uh, run blocker. He has solid pass pro technique. He's just a bully. He's a bully. Uh, and he has great size, and he has that just toughness that you want to see in your offensive linemen. But I will say about some of his downsides, he can get beat around the edge to edge rushers that have really great speed and bend, Uh, so that's definitely something you have to take into uh, consideration. He does sometimes have trouble getting the second level in run uh, run blocking, and his balance uh, sometimes is a bit not always up the par Uh, And he does get beat by inside moves sometimes as well. And obviously playing at Northern Iowa, there's always the concern of lack of competition, high-level competition. But I think that pretty much goes out the window after his senior bowl performance. I don't think that's really an issue anymore. But for some people, it may still be. In terms of my grades for him, 6.5 for athleticism, 7.5 for technique, 8 for pass blocking, 7 for run blocking, giving him a 7.3 out of 10 making him a mid first round prospect for me. Trevor Penning, very excited. I'm excited to see what team he goes to because he's going to he's going to be a monster at the NFL level. I just feel it. Like maybe not a, you know, technically savvy like some of these offensive tackles that we see in today's NFL, but he's going to be one, you know, who's going to play every minute, every snap at 120%. Um and that's going to be really fun to see. So, I guess, you know, we're here at the top 3 now with uh, you know, obviously you've got Evan Neal, Quanu, Cross. Uh, I think that's what most people's or, or not order, but the, the top three, the consensus top three is. I think I have a controversial take on it. Not super controversial because I've seen everyone have different ratings. So I'm not going to, you know, if you disagree, totally fine. Cause like I, you're going to see in the ratings, these guys are all very, very close. But for me, my OT three, is Evan Neal. I know he's most people's OT1, so it's a bit controversial here to have him as my offensive tackle number three. Let's talk about what he does well. 6'7", 350. He's just a beast uh, out of Alabama Jr. Let's talk specifics about what he does well, not just his physical size. Uh, like I mentioned, he's an athletic freak, but he also has great hand placement. He's great in pass pro. He picks up stunts well. Uh, he's seen it all almost kind of at Alabama uh, against some of the better competitions uh, in the sec, et cetera. So he's probably the most polished in terms of having the feet, like the footwork of an NFL offensive tackle. I think he's the closest replica of an NFL ready offensive tackle. He does sometimes struggle to get to the second level and run blocking. He almost looks disinterested sometimes. Uh, I don't know why it's just kind of like the, the feel I get sometimes, but I'm sure that's not true he can get beat by more athletic pass rushers his balance is certainly a very concerning issue I don't think people bring this up enough you know people are like kind of like oh you know his balance it isn't great but you know you but like you know he's a mountain so um you know that's certainly something against these quick I mean you see some of these edge rushers in the NFL today TJ Watt Joey Bosa uh, Nick Bosa you know I'm trying to think of any other you know you see all these guys even in this draft class Kayvon Thibodeau those guys are so electric on the edge and have great bend. Uh, It's going to be so tough uh, for someone with his balance issues to keep up with that. So that's something you're definitely gonna have to see how he deals with at the NFL level. And hence why I have some doubts about Evan Neal, but still I think he is a surefire uh, top three prospect at the offensive tackle position. I think he's going to be great at the NFL Um, in terms of my grades for him, athleticism. I gave him a seven. Uh, I think he's probably more athletic than a seven if you were basing it not on balance, but I include balance and athleticism. So uh, that's something you definitely have to take into account. I, you know, some could say it's in technique, but I think it's in athleticism. Uh, technique, I have an eight. Uh, pass blocking, I have a nine. And run blocking, an eight. And that totals out uh, based on how I calculated it. to an eight out of ten. And my grade for him is he is a top ten talent uh, in the draft and an early first round pick. And I think that's where we're going to see him go. Uh, I don't see him sliding probably past number five in the draft, but uh, we'll see what happens with Evan Neal. But he is my offensive tackle number three. My OT2, uh, I'll get to now. It's Ikem Uh, You know, I, I've heard Ike Akwanu. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm just going to say Aquanu. I don't really know the first name situation, if I'm being honest, um, and I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll just stick with Aquanu. 6'4", 320 pounds out of NC State. He's a sophomore. He's played guard uh, at NC State until this season. So that's something you have to uh, keep into account. He probably profiles better as a guard uh, being 6'4", through 20 at the NFL level. Um, but he played like a beast at tackle. So then again, you know, we've seen shorter tackles um, and, and smaller tackles before. So I don't think it's generally an issue. But worst case, you always have the fallback. This guy can play guard at the NFL level pros he's great in the run game he is just he bulldozes people too he gets to the second level he gets to even the third level quickly i know people don't talk about the third level but my god this guy when you're talking about Aquanu, you're talking not even second level you're talking about third level um he gets out so quickly uh it's crazy in terms of some of his cons he can get beat by inside moves in pass pro and his pass pro technique needs work um you know i didn't even notice this until I watched a uh, 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 talking, I believe talking football or talking giants by uh, Bobby Skinner created the video where he was talking about a Kwanu and he was saying how his feet click together. I didn't even notice that in tape. Uh, and I went back and I looked and I was like, yeah, oh my God, they do. Um, So that's something certainly to uh, take into account, shout out to Bobby, but uh, certainly something that he's going to have to work on his footwork at the NFL level. And he also has trouble picking up stunts, unlike Evan Neal, who seemed a little bit more uh, able to do so. So that's something you definitely have to take into account. He's more unpolished, but certainly has just a a bully mentality, and he just runs over people in the run game. Um, And I'll kind of explain how I see this top three uh, at the end of the video when we get out of my rankings here. In terms of my grades, athleticism, I gave him an 8 out of 10 technique, a seven out of 10 pass blocking a seven and a half out of 10 and run blocking a nine and a half out of 10. Also giving him an eight out of 10 grade. Um, I put him above Evan Neal just because not because of the, the. I believe in terms of the grading system, it was kind of like a, a 8.01 to a 7.97, hence why Quanu's up, but I'm not going to, you know, put that in the specifics there. So Quanu is the O2 uh, OT2 for me. And then here we are. Offensive tackle number 1, my offensive tackle if I'm number 1 on the board, need an OT. If I'm the Jaguars, this is who I'm taking. Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, 6'5", 310, a sophomore. I just love this guy. I think people kind of look at him and they're like this guy's only a pass blocker because of, you know, the air the air raid offense that they play at Mississippi State. But I, you know, I saw a couple of clips of him in the run game and he he runs over people and gets the second level well there is, you know, as well. So I feel like, you know, people are kind of just trying to push him to the corner as like, Oh, you know, he's the pass protector guy, but, um, certainly, you know, he's great in pass protection. That's my first, you know, pro for him. Um, but he, he's, he's more than that. He picks up stunts. Well, um, and he has great hand placement. He has great length. He has quick feet. Um, and, and he's pretty solid in the run game. So I think, You know, in terms of the run game specifically, I'd say he's just as good in the run game as Aquanu is in the pass game, if that makes any sense. Um, In terms of some of his cons, he is susceptible to inside moves and his hands sometimes get a bit wide. Uh, So that's something you also need to take into account there for Cross, but more technical issues. uh, As a pure offensive tackle, I think Charles Cross is the best in this class. Athleticism, I have him as a seven technique I have a nine pass blocking nine and a half run blocking seven and a half and that gives him an 8.3 out of 10 and he's also a top 10 talent early first round pick for me so now that I kind of talked about all these guys I kind of want to give my opinion on the top three because that's kind of what people are here for probably I know the consensus is Neil's the best overall Cross is the best pass protector Aquanu's the best run uh, run blocker here's the thing the NFL is a pass-heavy league. This is an it's an it's a passing league now. You need a guy who can protect the passer, and that for me is Charles Cross. That's why I have him as OT OT one, because if you can't protect your quarterback when he drops back to throw, then you're going to have problems in, the, in today's current NFL. We saw it in the last two Super Bowls, whether it's Burrow and Mahomes, and I think Charles Cross is just the best pass protector he he is i i I don't think anyone's going to dispute that and i think that's the most important thing you can develop easier i feel like in the run game he has the physical tools to develop in the run game as well and like i said before he's not even a bad run blocker he he's certainly for me the ot one Uh, i know a lot of people some people have him even lower like behind trevor penning Uh, and those people to those to those people i say maybe watch him again but you know I really like Charles Cross. I think Aquanu certainly is a very good player as well. I think you can't really go wrong with any of these three. Uh, it's kind of similar to the, uh, what was it? The the big four a couple of years ago when the Giants drafted Andrew Thomas, you had Wills, Becton, and Tristan Wurst. Um, and really most of those guys have been pretty solid. If we're being completely honest, there were some injury issues with Becton. Um, obviously, Wurst got that injury. Wills had an injury. Thomas has had injuries. So that's kind of derailed those guys' injuries. Uh, first couple years in the NFL, but I think it's similar and you can't really go wrong with any of these tackles. But if I were on the clock choosing and I needed an offensive tackle, I'm going cross first. And if he's not available, then I'm going Aquanu. Um But I'm, I'm going to be just as delighted uh, with Neil uh, as I would be with cross. I just have a slight preference to cross. That's kind of how I see my top three. All three of these guys are great. For the giants if any of those guys are on the board at five i'd certainly be very excited um and i think one of them will but i think i think one of these guys is going to go number one overall that's just my feeling the jags need to protect trevor lawrence i think that's where he's going to go one of these guys is going to go i think it's probably going to be evan neal number one just because of he's the most well balanced out of these guys and i think that's what you need for a young quarterback but uh for a more developed team charles cross i think is that guy I think he's going to end up being the best offensive tackle in this class. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening uh, or watching today. Sorry, listening. I'm used to the podcast. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, and, you know, we'll have more of these as the weeks go on. We'll keep going by position. Josh will be back next time. And, um, you know, I'm excited. It's it's almost draft season. The combine's coming up in a couple weeks. So I'm excited to see it all and we'll probably have adjustments of rankings based on how some of these guys do at the combine and what kind of crazy numbers they're gonna put up. Um, And I think these top three guys certainly will. And I think even Trevor Penning might put up some really good numbers as well.